Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life, wondering if you could be more, see more, do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Hey, hey, welcome to today's show. Yes. I am so excited for this moment. We have a super special guest, you guys. Super special. Super special guest. Super special. You know, I love the local church. Like if there's anything I love more is being like, hey, you guys should participate in the local church. Come on. And one of my pastors from upstate New York is with us today. Let's welcome Pastor Mark. Yes. Pastor Mark, everybody clap. Everybody, no matter where you are, do it. I'm clapping too. I'm clapping too. So glad to have you on the show today. Thank you. So good to be here, guys. Redeemer Church has five locations and you are the Redeemer Rome pastor. And he and his wife, Stephanie, you guys have three kids. And you guys are family friends now. You've pastored me through many moments as well, me and my family. And uh, one thing I appreciate about your leadership, Mark, is how you you actually help people experience the transformational power of the gospel. But we were talking the other day and so casually, you're just like, man, I consider it a privilege to pastor people through their greatest moments, like whether it's marriage or having a child, but also pastor people through their hardest. Totally. Yeah. Like, like death. And I just, that stuck with me and that's sticking with me. So I'm thankful you get to pastor us in today's episode. One of the things that I am getting to know about you, because we've had just one interaction before this, and this is why I love these moments. You know, Jenny and Candace, we, when we join forces, it's like we're bringing a lot of things from our past experiences and influences to this show to you. And so today, um, we're having Pastor Mark on. And last season, season one, we had my pastor, Pastor Scott. And we just, it kind of feels like this full circle moment of when we're getting to know each other's leadership and, and pastoral care that we've been under for, for you know, years that have kind of really shaped us as well and why we get along so well. So this says a lot of you as well, as well Mark. But today, right. I know that you're somebody that helped people experience um, abundant life and really be able to process and respond to emotions in a healthy way. And so today we're going to discuss how to respond to those emotions like Jesus would. All right. So if you're like ready, yeah. if you're ready, let's go. let's go. A special game. One we've never, ever played. Oh, a special game. Get ready. Okay. Pastor Mark and Candace, you guys, we're going to play a special game. I'm so excited. I love new games. I love new games. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wait a minute. You just downplayed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited to tell you what it is. I'm getting nervous for you. Oh, so no. I'm going to play a sound effect here from my phone. Okay. And you're going to have to tell me in one word the emotion that you're experiencing mm. listening to it. Oh, does it I go think back a lot and of forth? The times, it goes back and forth. Okay. And this is from my editing days. You know. In the editing world, you have to search for hours for that perfect sound effect to have people experience life. And I think we don't we don't give it enough credit. So okay. Candace, you'll go first. Are you ready? Oh as yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh. Yeah. I think if I'm gonna describe that in one word, it would be exhausted. Oh. Exhausted. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Pastor Mark. <gasps> I have a different. I have a different noise. A different. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. Different noise. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. How do you feel? Oh, you I feel? have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> I get nervous that I'm have to sit. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna miss my moment to go to the bathroom as soon as I feel. I don't know if that's an emotion, oh but I feel like. I should go to the bathroom right now before this starts. Oh, see, yeah. you're like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. so here. Curtain's gonna <laughs> no, open. I, I'm gonna be embarrassed in 30 minutes when I realize I drink a Gatorade. That's what I'm afraid of. So, yeah. <laughs> oh so my good. gosh, I love so this. Good. I'm learning okay. so much about you guys. Wow. Okay, this one. Um, um, 
Wow. So it was a, it was just a crowd, right? And how just does that make me feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, pensive. I would just say pensive. Ooh, pensive. Like I love Why? people watching a lot. Oh. Like that sounds calming to me because I would just sit somewhere and watch people. Yeah. I- I'm mm. like, I'm going to go hide real fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Jenny. I'm with Jenny. You're going to hide. All right. Okay. Pa- Pastor right. Mark, this sound effect, I had uh, your wife help me figure this one out. Oh, so. my. Okay. I'm not sure what's happening right now. All right, I'll try to do it. Is it a shower? No. <laughs> what are you doing? What's happening? I'm a slithering snake, you guys. It's a snake. It sounded yeah. like bacon. <laughs> no, if it's bacon, it's joy. I feel joy if it's bacon. If it's a snake, it's a different emotion altogether. So if it's a snake, I feel terror. I hate snakes. Oh, it, yeah. It is. I'm I with snakes. you. And, and you're in Florida, so that's your problem. I yeah. have snow, so... Uh, I hate snow. Feel you. <laughs> yeah, Texas, we get snakes. FYI. Should I, should I make a snow sound uh, for you? It, you know, to help you. <laughs> gosh, no. <laughs> you I'll pick just... the weirdest thing. Snake. How's how that, often do they do that? And it was a little rattle. I don't know, but this is okay. what I was texting okay. Mark's wife about last night at ten o'clock. I'm like, what is his biggest fear? Oh and no, I hate snakes. So I was yeah. like, and I and I hate surprises. I hate surprises. She did say that as well. So right, surprise! Okay. This is oh. live. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a special game. Thank you guys for playing that. With I, me. Uh, I I don't know who won. Did, I I thought Candace did well. Um. Game. I don't know if there was winning in that game. <laughs> like we're all just emotional wrecks at this point, so we're. Fine. This is this is where I do need help. Like, how do I process the emotions of the oh, game that we just walked out of? <laughs> this is the worst game of our lives. It was a special game for sure. A special <laughs> game. A special game. Shut up. <laughs> Shut the shut up. In this segment, we highlight your reviews and celebrate how God is using this podcast to make an impact. Layla Slack gave us five stars and made, made, made me really uncomfortable in the process. Oh, no. let, let me tell oh, you. Okay. She wrote, amazing. This podcast is so amazing and full of so many nuggets. Uh, it's so real and raw and has moist. No. No, I'm calling veto. I'm reading this right now. Listen, if you want to read the rest of her review, you can go and to Apple Podcasts <laughs> and read it yourself. But we are not saying those words unwarranted <laughs> on this show anymore. It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now, what do we say? Mark, I was talking to Stephanie the other day and she was just telling me so casually, yeah, Mark just saved a kid from choking. And <laughs> saved a true some story. Life, saved some lives. true story. And then I was casually calling you the other day to get you scheduled to come on our lovely show and meet all our listeners. And you were like, I'm just leaving the jail. Just leaving the jail, just helping people out. Also true, yeah. I was in jail, yeah. You're like a real life superhero over there. Uh, so I'm just <laughs> fascinated by your life and your pastoring and all the emotions you have to help people process through daily. Right. There's right. a there's yeah. a heavy weight to that. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't think I'm unique. I, I don't think of myself as unique. I think that everyone has a, a really broad spectrum of emotions they got to deal with in the course of a day. And I think that um, I think it's always dangerous to compare yourself to someone else. I think that um, I only I only see myself in my own mirror. I don't I don't think about myself in light of anyone else. And I think that for everyone who's listening to the show, uh, you wake up in the morning and have to process life um, from the first screaming kid who can't find a sock to 
um, you know, their sister that's going through a divorce and, and all the feelings and emotions and the husband that's stressed out at work. And it's a whole wide range. And I think that um, a Christ follower has to figure out how to effectively navigate all of that um, for God's glory and for their good. And I think that's not, it sounds good, sounds easy, uh, but I, I don't think um, we always do it well. I think that what we believe, our theology shapes that. I think that one of the, 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 the mistakes are false things I believed was that there was good emotions and bad emotions. There was Christian emotions and non-Christian emotions. And, and the truth is, is that we, we experience a wide range of emotions. I mean, when you read like Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time and a season for everything under heaven. And it says things like a time to mourn and a time to break down and a time um, to cast away stones and a time like there's like this, like, that's not good. It's not good, but the Bible says, hey, there are seasons where those things are going to happen. And I don't think the Bible's silent on what we do with that. It's not like, hey, Jesus, I'll be right back. I have to go mourn for a bit, you know, or hey, Jesus, I'm sorry, you know, time out in my Christianity. I have to go be upset for a bit. I think we can welcome Jesus into those moments because Jesus went through those moments. <laughs> and, and people don't preach on it, I don't think, often enough to realize that. Um, Jesus, I believe, experienced a full spectrum of emotions to extremely deep love and joy to extreme grief and physical and emotional pain. Mm. Um, and and what, I, what I would say, if I could kind of summarize it in some way, is to say that there are certain emotions that are meant to be um, processed and there are certain emotions that are meant to be possessed. And the, fruit of the, spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit, I think, Wait. are... Say yeah, that yeah, again. Yeah. That was good. Louder for the people in the back. That's uh, so I think I think there's emotions that you process. So I think that you think of like fear and and grief and anger and disappointment. I think you have to say, "Here I am." You know, like if I if I get my phone out right now and say, "I want to go visit um, um, Jenny right now in Florida," and I go to my maps, it'll, I'll put in her, your address, right? But then it'll, it'll ask, "Where are you?" Right? So I have to put in my current location. Right. Yeah. So I think that that you have to be honest with well, what is my current location. I am ticked off. I am I'm depressed. I'm angry. I'm 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 upset. Like because if I say, well, I want to go to Jenny's house, but I don't want to tell you where I'm at. Maps. It won't even know how to navigate a path for me to get to where I am to where I need to be. That's good. Adam, when he's in the garden, he sins. He hides behind the bush, which is brilliantly hilarious, right? You know, he's hiding behind the bush that God made. And then God comes into the garden and he's playing hide and seek with God. And I've done this with my child who hides behind things that are far too small and I can see them. And I'm like, where are you? You know, it's like, <laughs> I know where you are. And, and so when God comes to Adam and he says, where are you? It was a rhetorical question. You know, every question God asks is a rhetorical question. And he, he doesn't ask it for God's benefit. He asks it for Adam's benefit. He says, where are you right now? And Adam's like, I'm hiding because I'm ashamed. Like he had to like verbalize it, own it. And, and God had to walk him from the bush, from the shame, from the hiding to what he wanted to do with him. And I think a lot of times we're trying to go where God wants us to go without starting with saying, God, here's where I actually am. I'm hurt. I'm broken. I'm offended. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm angry at you, God, which is not theologically sound, but it might be true. You know, because right. feelings can be real, but not true. I, I, I want to challenge a thought here that I think a lot of phil uh, listeners are feeling as well. Because in this section, we really talk about what, what are the misnomers that we say about emotions. And so I would say one of the biggest distractions for most of the world that we're living in in the United States right here, our, our, our main day to day, I don't have time. I don't have time to deal with that. Is that something that you see is common with why people don't like to maybe necessarily own their or that that statement that you said about possessing emotions yeah. instead of processing them? I wonder so many times how many of us feel as though I don't even have time to sit with this right now. Yes, this happened to me, but I'd rather walk around stunned and numb and emotionless than to have to possess it right now. Like, would you say that that's a common thing that you're seeing or... I think numb is something people say uh -huh. that they are, but I think that that generally people are not numb. I think people are are being shaped by an emotion that they should be processing mm. 
let's say let's just take um anger um they got to process that you know someone did something wrong to them and that's real that's a real thing they have to feel that they have to bring that before the lord but instead of doing that they just shove it down and they go to work well guess what your whole day is going to be shaped by that unprocessed emotion Hmm. you're going to come home to your wife your husband and that unprocessed emotion is going to inform dinner. It's going to inform <laughs> dessert. It's going to inform the whole night. And it's like, what the heck's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. Now you may say nothing, but that whatever your dominant emotion is, is shaping your day. Ooh, soundbite. Whatever your dominant emotion is, is shaping your day. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, I, I, it's true. And I thought that was the fruit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So those ought to be the resting emotions. Those ought to be the possessed emotions. That those ought to be when the day's done, we settle down, and and I'm I'm good. I'm, this is my my zone. Now things will come and interrupt that. They'll someone will die, and someone will disappoint, and 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 pain will come in, and and that's real. We can't say I'm a Christian. I don't believe that. You know, it's like you know, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. So people are like I don't I don't believe in fear. Fear is from the devil. Well, no, fear is from the amygdala. And when a dog is chasing you and you don't feel fear, it's actually a mental mm. disorder, and you should see a doctor. Mm. Okay, so so fear fear is not bad. But a spirit of fear is bad. Um, mm-hmm. Being owned by fear is bad. But being dominated by fear is bad. But but fear can ready can be from well, the Lord. Yeah, you know because you know. And so I think that we we say, oh, fear is not a Christian emotion. And we say, eh, it's not true. It's just not. It's I not love biblical. That you're- busting that myth right there because I often have dealt with that in my grown-up life of the things that I've I've been walking through with pain you know pain is a signal to your body that something's wrong right Um, and I think that we forget (laughs) that our emotions signal us that something else is going on we like to think oh well you know if I'm fearful here then I must not be loving Jesus enough or I must not be empowered by the spirit enough you know what I mean or and and, and the reality is is no, it's just a signal. It's a signal that something deep is ha- is working within you. I feel like we're so foreign to trying to figure out how the Holy Spirit moves and his impulses that we forget that emotions are right. part of his impulses. The emotions Absolutely. are a part of his signaling to us. And we like to put those in a little right. box and say, no, that's my humanity. That's my flesh. And the reality is it's not your humanity and that's your flesh. That's a signal from the Holy Spirit going, hey, do you feel something here? It's good that you feel your way to God. There's actual scripture that says that we would feel our way to God. And why do we think that the Holy Spirit would be separated from that? Okay, I'm I'm done preaching. I'm done. No, it's good. I don't know. I, I go the opposite. And I think a lot of times people are way too led by emotion and they over-spiritualize moments and they're like, oh, oh the Lord has oh, spoken. Yeah. And you're like, well, actually, no. That, that is that true, was, too. You do have both weird. sides of the pendulum swing. I think it can mm-hmm. go extremes on both ends. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I, what I say to my kids all the time, I have a, a six-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And I say, this, I say this to all of them. I say when they're feeling like fired up about something, I'll say, are you controlling your emotions? emotions are your emotions controlling you and that's always kind of a, a thing i'll say you know when my when my, my my boys are as passionate as me uh, my, my daughter is a little bit more tempered she's very like okay this is not logical right you know but my boys just feel everything and i'll say listen emotions are not bad but they're bad when they control you mm. Mm. you know what i mean and yeah. so i i think that uh, like I, I agree with yeah. both of you i think that when i feel you know choked up and upset Sometimes the Holy Spirit's like, have a good cry. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and, and where I'm like, no, men don't cry. Christians don't cry. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And it's like, well, someone you love died. And that stinks. And, mm. and, and, and yeah. let me just say about, let me talk about grief for yeah. just a minute. Grief, grief is a gift from God to process the reality that things are not the way they were meant to be. Mm. Like there was never meant to be death. And so when we cry, we're saying, this stinks. It shouldn't be like this. And you know what though? Jesus would say? I agree. It was never meant to be like this. Sin broke it all. And now we have to feel death in this way. But the good news of the gospel, Jesus says, in this life you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So we know this. Our, our assurance is this. So those that are in Christ that I've buried, 
I know one day I'll see them again. And so they're not grieving. They're, they're, they're in God's presence, but I'm grieving. And the Bible says one day he'll wipe away every tear from every eye. But in the meantime, there are tears in my eyes and there is grief in my heart. And I think to say, this is not right. God says, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I had to send my son to deal with that. I agree that much. And so I think when we like, I go to funerals and I see families process emotion in a lot of different ways. And I think grief is such a big emotion. It's worthy of, of parking on. And they're, they'll smile like, God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm like, yeah, but they're gone. And yeah. I, don't, I mean, are you in shock? I mean, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. You're like, are, you, are you in touch with the fact that they're gone or God's faithful? I, no, I agree. I agree. God is faithful and this sucks. It's like they're, they're wow. both, they can both be true simultaneously. And let me tell you a quick story. Yeah. I had a, a girl that got saved. She was 24 and she came into my office radically touched by God, radically saved. And uh, she came in the office one day, she said, and she started crying. She goes, my mom died. She's pouring her eyes out. My mom died. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I had no idea. I go, when? She goes, five mm. years ago. Wow. I go, now I was shocked. I go, I'm, I'm confused. She goes, I've never cried. I've never cried. She goes, I was 19 and I had to take care of everyone and everything. And I, I never, she's like, now I got saved. And I really feel like God is giving me space to, to feel the grief. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, you know what? She went through three months of just grieving. Like her mom died yesterday, but it was like, she, she denied that emotion. She repressed it. She rejected it. Whatever you want to say. And now in, in, in salvation, right, in Christ, Jesus gave her, it was like he gave her permission to feel it, to cry, to grieve that loss. And it was a healing balm for her. And we would meet and it was like her mama died two months ago or six months ago. Like, it was like, it was all fresh, but she's so like, no, I'm not going to go there. And oh. in salvation, she started to process mm-hmm. that. And I thought that's a beautiful example of what Christ does to say, you know what? It's okay. You can have a good cry. Jesus would say, I've had a good cry. <laughs> he cried over Lazarus and he, I'm sure he wept over John. And, and, it, and if Jesus, who has perfect perspective, right? The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end, is able to look at Lazarus and know, I'm going to raise you up in a minute anyways. But in that moment, still wept, right? What does it teach us about the pains we face? with our extremely limited perspective, I think he's saying it's, you can feel, you can feel what you're feeling. You know, from somebody that is speaking right now that has lived most of my life swallowing pain. And I, I don't mean that lightly. Um, I've, I've reveled in escapism. I've reveled in um, just trying to find anything else that I can get my mind on, distract, 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 move, 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 go fast, go fast, make this funny, find a comical moment. I've even jokingly created a disorder called EDD, emotional displacement disorder. And like I've said, well, I just have EDD. I just displace this emotion, just put it in the wrong time. You know, I find myself laughing at a funeral when I should be crying and vice versa. And from somebody that is choked and swallowed on my pain for most of my life and is learning how to respond to those triggers, respond to the emotion now, I will tell you this. Um, when you're saying that you don't know if numbness exists and that there's a dominant emotion that shapes your day, um, I feel like one thing as a Christian that I felt was wrongly taught to me, whether it was by osmosis or by somebody else doing it this way and I just kind of caught it, or whether it was actually said in a sermon, I can't remember. But for some reason, as a Christian, I started to believe that you process stuff privately and you only share the good Mm. stuff that are the praises. You know, we don't... It's called Instagram. So true. But it's like, it's like, don't you dare show me you're ugly. I'm not here for that. I think a lot of times we go through things and we say, I want to get through this. Right. And I understand, you know, but how do you know Jesus, the healer, unless you're sick? How do you know Jesus, the provider? When you have nothing, when you have, if you have everything, you don't need a provider. You know, how do you know Jesus as the way maker unless you're faced with a, a, a sea that you can't cross. And so it's so funny. We, we want to have clear paths and good health and provision, and, but we can't know Jesus in that depth. 
until we face a wall. And I, I share with you ladies and I'll share with your listeners, our, at 24, our daughter at four months old, we found out had cancer, was in the womb with cancer. And, and all of a sudden we found our, ourselves in a place where, I'll never forget, they, our doctor probably made a mistake, but he's like, you need to leave right now and go to Syracuse and go to floor five, he gave us the number. We just drive there. We don't know what's going on. We see this thing in your daughter. Go there. We walk in, and it says Children's Cancer Center on the door. And me and my wife almost fell over. Like, literally, like, wow. our knees got weak. Like, we, we didn't – they didn't say it could be cancer. And we realized, whoa, what's going on? And then what we wanted, we wanted our pastor to show up. And our and, – and by the way, our pastor drove us there. He's amazing. And um, – but then my, my parents are going to come. And when my parents get here, they're going to say something that's just going to make it all better because, because parents are good like that. And they looked at us like – I don't know what to say. We've never been here. And I, we felt at, at first so alone, like someone say something, you know, yeah. someone say something. And I realized I have to go to Jesus and I have to go to Jesus and say, I'm so scared. And I'll never forget. Um, it was a long story that I'll make quite short, but we got there Thursday and she had emergency surgery on Sunday. There was like a blizzard. Like they couldn't move her to Boston children's Met hospital. And so they had to operate there. And I'm holding her at two in the morning. She has IVs coming out of her head. And I felt the Lord say to me, do you trust me? And I'm like, yes, Lord, I trust you. The charismatic Mark said, I trust you, God. And I heard him say it again. Do you trust me? And I was like, I trust you, Lord. And then when I heard him say it again, I, I, I knew what he's saying. Like, if she dies, will you still trust me? And to this day, I can't say that story without choking up because it was like this moment of like, Oh, that sucks. Like, don't say that to me. And I had to process it and say, God, I, I trust you. I trust you in the pain. I trust you in the difficulty. And we walked through it. I got to know Jesus in a way in that moment that I never could have yeah. learned in the book. Yeah. yeah. In that pain, in that grief, I shared in his suffering mm. I, I, in a way that you know, a, a C.S. Lewis quote can't produce. I had to, I had to, be there. I had to feel that. I had to say yes, God, at 2 a.m. in the middle of a, a hospital that I didn't want to be in. And, and so it's like when, you, when we met my wife, and by the way, even our marriage went deeper mm. because of that, like walking together, like you can't learn that in a book. And so like when people are in suffering, I say, I, listen, I'm going to pray for you. Believe me, I'm the first guy to show up and say, I rebuke this. I want you to be healthy and strong. But I also say, what is God trying to shape in you right now? You called in with your questions. You shared with us your shoulds. We just want to listen. And maybe we can do some good. You said what? One thing we love about our podcast is the community of listeners and their amazing feedback that they leave. You know, in a, in a way, it's it's something that we're able to catch a glimpse into all of your story. We'd love to feature you on an upcoming show. Just call 315-308-0163. So Pastor Mark, we wanted to ask you, when someone is struggling with either numbness or mental illness and they haven't actually faced their emotions or dove into that, and it's been a, an extended amount of time, how do you suggest they even start trying to process through it? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I have such a heart for people with mental illness. I really do. Um, I've never struggled with mental illness in a classical DSM-5 type of mental illness. I, I do know what depression is like. I've experienced depression, um, but not in a, in a severe way. But I, I do have a, a, a big heart for people with um, people who have mental illnesses. Now, I have to for the purposes of this conversation, delineate between mental illness, meaning you need to seek medical help, which yeah. in some cases people do. Yeah. They absolutely do. I think the common grace that God gives of doctors and medicine is a gift from God, not to be shamed by the church. I think some people need medicine. I think sometimes charismatics are great from the neck down, you know, with this getting medicine. But then if it's a neck up, we just oh. like, we call it, we call it the devil. Yeah. And I think that schiz schizophrenia is schizophrenia. It's not Satan. I think people who are bipolar can be bipolar, just like you can be a diabetic. 
Um, and I, my dad's a diabetic and I don't rebuke the devil out of him. I mean, I rebuke the devil out of him for other reasons, but not for that. Uh, and <laughs> well, so- <laughs> and you don't tell him to stop taking his insulin either. Absolutely not. And so I think that the problem is uh, with most people with mental illnesses, it creeps in and and life changes a little bit. It's not like one day they wake up and all of a sudden everything's different. If that happened, most people would seek help right away, but it's a, it's a creep. It's a slow drip. And I think that, you know, one of the things I prescribe to people who are numb, let's use the word numb. Yeah. One of the, one of the techniques I tell them is, 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 is devotionals with the Lord. You know, John 14 says the whole, but the counsel of the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit is our counselor. And, and so what I tell people to do is every morning in your devotional time, start by saying, Lord, this morning, I feel so, and then fill in that blank and really like, really think about it. What do I really mm. feel today? And, and you might need the aid of a list of 50 words or hundred words of emotions, honestly, because uh, you might be like, I don't know. I don't know. But like I said to you before, mm. Candace, I think we all have a dominant emotion that's shaping yeah. our day. Yeah. And I think that identifying that early on in our day can be super helpful to say, Lord, I feel, I feel numb. And the Holy Spirit quickly would ask back, why do you feel numb? Uh, and there could be a lot of reasons. Young moms forget about it. You know, you're sleep deprived. You have no social life. It's just, it's just like you live to make kids not die that day. Like, so for the first few years, you're like, I succeeded. Nobody died today. And, and then you're like, who am I? Like, is this my whole life? Like, is this my whole identity? Like, I'm still wearing flannel pants and it's 4 p.m. Like, is this, <laughs> is this me now? And my wife went through this and like, and, and there's that life. season and I, I don't see what you're wearing, Jenny. So no <laughs> flannel pants every day. <laughs> I aspire to flannel but, pants right but, now. <laughs> but I think I think there, there could be a lot of reasons that numbness can come in. Like 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 you say, I don't want to I don't want to face it. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to process it. I want to think. There could be that. It could be like you feel overwhelmed, and so you just kind of shut down, and you become you know you become flat as they say in psychology, like that your emotions are flat. There's no highs, there's no lows. There's just, I'm here. And, but I think the best thing we can do is, is come to terms with the Lord, with our current state. And I'm telling you, and I'm repeating myself, but I feel like most people don't do that. Like your yeah. listeners, even now as they're listening, I'd say to you, what is your dominant emotion today? And most oh. people would have to scratch their head and go, huh, let me think about that. And they'd say something like, I don't know, I'm fine. I'm good. It's like the Christian answer. I'm fine. I'm good. Fine. It's like, yeah. yeah, but what, no, but what are you? And, and again, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's, let's do this as a mm-hmm. practice, ready? We're going to get honest with, with your listeners. What am I feeling today? What is my dominant emotion? I am feeling, again, this is just, it's not easy. It's not easy. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't do this today. I'm not taking my own advice. So what, what am I feeling today? If I'm honest today, I feel, I feel all over mm-hmm. the place. That's a good mm-hmm. answer. I feel all over the place. I feel like there's so many things I need to think about and do that I can't think of one mm. of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel all over the place, Lord. All over the place. That's the only way I can describe it. So then I then I have to slow down and say, "What do you think, Lord? Why do I feel all over the place?" And, and have a conversation with the Lord. Well, he, he, and by the way, does God give practical advice? He does. He might say. Bust out your calendar. Is everything organized for mm. your day? And and you enter into you know the Bible says praying always. You ever, yeah. ever look at the verse and go, how the heck do you pray always? I got a job. I got to make dinner. Because and here's here's a great pastor told me, and I'll never forget. It. He said, "What if we turned all of our self talk into prayer?" And think about how often you talk to yourself. You talk to yourself all the time. And what if we said, Lord, I just feel all over the place. Lord, I'm trying to think. I got I got I got to talk to Jenny and Candace today, and I just feel like versus Mark, you got to do this today, and Mark, you got to do this today. And I think that bringing who we are to the Lord consistently is important. And when's the last time they really debriefed the Holy Spirit on their emotional? Oh, state? let's let that set for yeah. a second. Let's let that that question sit for just a second. When was the last time that they debriefed? How, how did you say that? How, when's the last time you debriefed your emotional state to the Lord? Let me ask you, ladies. I mean, is that a practice for you? Does is, is that sound foreign? Let's do this. Let's do this right now. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Jenny, Jenny, let's debrief. Let's debrief your emotions right <laughs> yeah. now to the Holy Spirit. 
Come on. Oh, it's going to get real. Don't. don't. Well, maybe do. I don't know. Respond. Respond, respond. Let's do it. If you don't want to go first, I can go first. Candace, you kind of started. I got to say, Candace, you kind of you kind of went there a little bit. You talked about how you find yourself not processing. What'd you call it? Uh, you had a term for it. A, not ADD. Yeah. ADD. You don't want to just call it ADD. ADD. I right, found right. out that's something different. Something like, different. Like, different. That you want to make the else? third D very, very loud. ADD. I would say this. Once again, there, I'm using it. I'm using it. Okay. I would say if I was going to debrief my emotions today, I woke up. Uh, feeling like I was in the middle of a war in my dreams last night. From my dreaming, I felt very tired, exhausted, exasperated, like fully spent before I started my day. And that kind of set the tone for like my emotional state was, God, I just want to go back to bed. I just want to, I just want to get a good rest in. I don't feel like it. So if you had to put one word on it, what would be the one word you felt when you woke up this morning? What would be one word to describe your emotional state? Weary. 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 That's I, good. I feel like I started the day weary. Um, and so for me, it, it becomes a jumping up from that moment. Okay. Rally the troops. Get on your best pants. Curl your hair. Make your lashes pop. Do all the things externally that will give you the, the hope of maybe feeling present and feeling as though you're not tired. But the, the real emotion that's dominating today for me is weariness. It's, it's a, it's a tiredness yeah. from uh, maybe a six or seven weeks compiled upon itself. So what, what is the there's two way, there's two ways to yeah. attack that, right? So um, I can tell just in the little time we're chatting is you deal with weariness by going harder. That's all my options are. I will, I, I will beat I will beat my exhaustion through hard work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yet you also know there's this like Sabbath rest the Lord's yes. calling you might be calling into you, right? And so I think that I'm not trying to be the Holy Spirit to you, but I think that when you start to bring everything you just said, so again, a to- total conviction yeah. pastoral moment, you just shared this with me, but is this the first time you shared it today or did you already share this with the Lord and talk oh, to I him talked about with it? him in the bathroom about it. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And that's it. Yeah. I felt like, I think I felt like huge. the response that I got from him was, um, just simply the verse that I grew up telling myself anytime I felt weary. This is a day, the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, anytime that there's tiredness in me, I make a choice to have joy in the middle of it. Um, tired for yeah. me, if it becomes my dominant emotion really makes me want to step back and, um, be angry and snippy and snarky and rude. That's my actual response to weariness. Totally. But the choice yeah. that I, that I try to walk into that the Holy Spirit leads me to is rejoice. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, it's I your think turn. it's your turn. You try to You're not getting it, a free pass. Not a free pass it. on this I'm one. still avoiding it. Oh gosh! Jenny uh, from Florida called in. <laughs> Jenny from Florida uh, still sounds weird. Uh, Florida. Um, I felt sad today. Huh? Yeah. Okay. That's all I got for you. And so your turn now. Is this the first time you've verbalized that, or did you talk to God in the shower too? Uh, I. T- <laughs> I yeah, I woke up in the morning being like, oh, my life in prayer. So that yeah. was fine. I but don't you know. Said something, you said something awesome, Jenny. You said in prayer. And I think that's it. I think that most people who are getting bogged down in emotions, right, are letting days and weeks go by where they're, they're, they're doing their emotion, but not in prayer. They're doing it in, 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 their own, in the isolation of their own head. And yeah. I think that that's a danger. That's where the danger sets in. That's where it sets in. And I'm, I'm guilty as much as anybody else of allowing my dominant emotion to go undefined, unchallenged, and, um, and not welcoming the Lord into it for days at a time. And my wife will be like, are you okay? And I, you know what I say? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. And yet I know the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, we should talk later, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I realize I have not really said, what, what am I feeling? And I think that 
Again, feelings, some should be processed and some should be possessed. And the Bible is clear with the fruits of the spirit and what those are. Those should be our, our resting state. And, um, you know, let me just say something quickly, and this is going to go all psychological on people, but we, most of us learn our, our resting state before the age of five. And so, which is a very vulnerable season of our lives. So if you, if your life was filled with chaos, right, it was chaos, maybe there's divorce or addiction in the home that you came up in is like chaos was your baseline. It was just like, yeah, chaos. That's just what we do. We do chaos. We do anger. We yeah. do yelling. That's your baseline. I watch people get saved and all of a sudden chaos was their baseline. And, and all of a sudden the healthy comes in, community comes in, love comes in. And it's like, they literally don't have a shelf for it and they create chaos because it's like, I want to get back to my baseline. And so like in our home, mm. our kids fight, me and my wife bicker, blah, 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 blah. But, but our goal is at the end of the day, we say, we're sorry, we make up, we forgive, we cuddle in bed and there's joy, there's peace, there's connection. That, that is what I've, I've, I've tried my very best as a dad to create in my home that, yeah, we all go through stuff and so-and-so yelled at me and I'm mad and where's my socks. And, but at the end of the day, peace, joy, love, it's just there. Um, and so I think for a lot of people who may be listening, they really have to challenge their baseline. What is your baseline? If your baseline is chaos, we always gravitate towards back, back towards it. And we, and then we create chaos. We sabotage relationships. We sabotage jobs because Although it's dysfunctional, it's, 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 um, it's familiar. And so a lot of times people don't really challenge what is my baseline world. And I think that's been helpful for me as I've tried to counsel people to say, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your upbringing. What was your baseline? And it was fear. We were always afraid when dad comes home or, you know, you know um, um, anxiety because we never had enough money. And so now they're making $100,000, $200,000, and they're, they're filled with anxiety. I'm like, are you paying the bills? Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but. It's like, okay, that's where the counselor, the Holy Spirit comes in and starts to say, what's going on here? You know, this whole time we've been talking, um, I think one of the greatest things, we, we, we've already just been able to hear your heart about um, how the Father and how Jesus himself navigated through emotions and responded to his emotions. But can you maybe just kind of sum up for us, what are some of the main emotions that you see that Jesus processed and responded to really well? Yeah. As far as big emotions, we definitely see grief. We see when Lazarus dies, we see when, when John is beheaded, um, he doesn't just keep going. He, he feels it. he cries over Lazarus. He retreats um, to a, a solitary place after John dies. You see that sense of he is feeling what you and I would feel. Um, you see when he sees injustice and uh, things that are happening, they're inappropriate in the temple, anger wells up in him for the right reasons. But he feels that, <laughs> he sees red, as some people say, and he feels that. Um, but what is important to understand is those, those don't, didn't define Jesus. Jesus is not known as a man of anger. He's not a, a man who's depressed but he did process and, and experience those things. And that is great comfort because when we feel those things, we can come to Jesus and say, I know you know how I feel. Stories from the Village. Recently, Candace and I visited our podcast partner in Open Arms Village in Kenya. And we got to sit down and talk with one of the teens that call the village home. Here's our conversation. We are not in our normal recording studios right now. We are in Aldrich, Kenya. Kenya! Hey! In the house. Hey! Yeah. And we traveled here with Open Arms International. Yeah. The lovely partners of this podcast. That's that right. You're getting to know. And one story we're going to share today with our new friend, Ian. And he's 17 mm -hmm. in the ninth grade. And he lives here in the village. So, hello, Ian, everybody! Get ready <laughs> Uh, thank you. House. Thank you. Thank you. Did you appreciate that or was that the most awkward thing ever? <laughs> I felt awkward. I'll say it. it was uh, my stomach had butterflies. <laughs> the first question that we want to ask you is how did you come to be in the open arms village? We were living in somebody's house. That mother was, she was mistreating us. She used to take drugs and alcohol. So 
She doesn't matter that I was young. She was just waking up, up beating us and let her children sleep. Me and my brother, we had no idea what to do. And we came to Open Arms in 2008. That's when I started growing up and I knew everything was good and it's going to be fine. How old were you when you came into Open Arms? Five. Five years yes. old. Yeah. So here, what were some things that you that are different that you get here that you weren't getting in the home that you came from? Food is the first thing. Food. Because I, I had stayed like a week without food. That's why I, de I developed a nutritional disease. I had a big belly. Like, wow. yeah, I wasn't crying. Like, if I was dry. My mouth was dry. And don't know what to do. Me and my brother, we, we were just thrown like, like dogs which were abandoned. Mm. In Kenya, they don't like dogs. That's how we, that's how we were treated. Mm. It hasn't been easy. We have very, very different worlds that we've lived. Yeah. Some things have been very similar between you and me. Mm -hmm. When I was nine years old, I was homeless as well. Sorry. And my family lived in a van together, mm -hmm. but I still had the comfort of my family. <laughs> and I know that you just said that at times you were treated like a dog. Yeah. You know, the thing that I think is remarkable about open arms is that it restored a family to you. Mm -hmm. When you think about your house parents, what are the feelings that come to mind when you think of how they've raised you? My parents are like, which I'm living now, Tom and Amy. Mm -hmm. yeah. They are my best mentors. Like they mm. mentored me and told me uh, everything is possible and brought me more to Christ. When I have trouble, they, they used to treat, they treat me as their son. You know, I think we're looking at here a man of integrity, Jenny. Yeah. And when I say man, listen, you're 17, but... But there are some areas of your life where I know that God has grown you up in a very accelerated way, yeah. a very yeah. fast way. But don't ever stop having fun. <laughs> and don't ever stop feeling like you're 17, too. Yeah. We should play confetti like praise with him. <gasps> Can we do confetti like praise yeah. with you? We've got 30 seconds on the clock. Yeah. We're going to start the time. On your mark, get set. Confetti like praise. Uh, chai. Drum set. Ice cream. Kenya. <laughs> oh, I'm stuck. <laughs> Music. Oh, yes. Yeah. White teeth. White teeth? Yep. Parents. Oh, oh, jewelry. Ooh, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Open ups. Open ups. Oh, it's all the good things. Oh, time's up. Time's up. You played a good game. Good game. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. The only advice I would like to give the listeners is. One thing, never give up in life. <laughs> so good. Oh, so you're good. so fantastic. Thank you, Thank you for letting great. God use you. Hey, let's pray. One thing we love to do on our show is to pray for our listeners and to pray for you guys. And we want Pastor Mark to do that in a second here. But if you guys want more Pastor Mark in your life, that was so strange. But just go to Instagram. He's there. He will tell you what books to read, and you'll have a lot of fun in the process. So his Instagram is Mark period D period Schilling. That's so got good. It. So many periods in there. And then so many periods. Yeah. yeah, he he got it. <laughs> okay, and if you need... <laughs> yeah. There's another okay. Mark Schilling. He's a movie editor. You know, it's oh, fancy. Wow. I better follow that Mark Schilling. <laughs> it's my people. He is my Not people. that Mark Schilling, yeah. And if you need a local church, if you're in the upstate New York area, I cannot recommend enough. You guys should visit Redeemer Church and Pastor Mark's specific location is Redeemer Rome. And you can find more at myredeemerchurch.com. And if you're in need of a local church, listen, Mark wants to give you some pep talks about next steps and what you should do if you're in the midst of processing through your emotions so you don't feel alone. Yeah, totally. You know, I think I think a lot of times the language we use in Christianity is false. You know, when we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I get what people are saying, but the language of the scripture is always communal. 
It's being a part of a body, being a part of an army, being part of a wall. It's very communal. It's together, 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 one another. You'll see that over and over again. We need the Lord, but we need one another. And I would say, especially in this area, what has been fundamental and transformational for me and for others is not just that I went to the Lord, but the Lord came back to me and said, you should call this person. You should call your pastor. You should call that. We all need that. I know it's scary. I know sometimes you, you can make a lot of excuses and shoulds about, well, I would, but I can't find Listen, it's worth fighting for. Find that person with whom you can be totally honest, totally open, who will love you, will pray with you, will, will empathize with you, but also speak the truth of God over you. You need that. And there's nothing like the local church for that. So I just encourage you to do your best to find a local church that is preaching Jesus and will help you process your emotions for sure. For sure. So good. Well, you know, listeners, we love to encourage you the the best way that we know how, and that's simply through prayer. Um, Mark, will you pray for our listeners? Absolutely. Lord, I just thank you for every single person that's listening. And Lord, I understand that Jesus, even you said in this life, we have trouble. And sometimes that man, it's just be all capital letters. And we just feel grief and anger and sadness and disappointment. And Lord, just sometimes we feel like we don't know what to do. Lord, I pray for every single person who's listening right now. First of all, Lord, I pray your grace would come on them right now to help them realize they're not alone. They're not alone. God, you're with them. You're near to the brokenhearted. Your word declares that God, that what they're feeling now is not what they're always going to feel. It is a passing emotion. That's emotion they're going to process. But I thank you that you uh, offer us the fruit of the spirit. And Lord, we can have love and and, and patience and kindness and self-control. And our hearts do not have to be dominated by the disappointments of life and and the griefs and the pains. But Lord, we can bring our stuff to you. Lord, your word says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God and the God of peace will come. We thank you, Lord. I pray for peace for every listener. That God, there wouldn't be anxiety and fear, Lord, but you could take heart and we could take hold of the peace that passes understanding that's available to us only in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it. I pray a blessing over every listener in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Sorry. Can I share something? I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. I just feel like when a pastor is praying that there might be somebody that's feeling the weight and the heaviness of their emotions so much so that they don't want to even navigate anything anymore. Um, So can we just pray for a second on that? Um, God, I just lift up if that is somebody listening, anybody that is feeling just the heaviness and the burden of life and they just want to give up. I don't know if they're facing suicide or what that looks like for them, Lord, but we just pray that that dissipates off of them, God, and that they start to see, okay, it's just one step of processing it. It's not, it's not, it might feel like it's crushing me, but God, I just pray for an endurance for them to reach out for help uh, and that that isn't weighing them down anymore. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We love you. We're rooting for you until next week. Shut the shit up, everybody. To share your should, call 315-308-0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.